Hey, and uh, welcome to this episode of this audio episode of the Weekly Brew. I'm your host, Josh. It's good to have you here. And if you're listening to this, you are one of my paid subscribers that have uh, supported my work. And I really appreciate your contribution to my art form and allowing this to just take form in any way, shape that it does and it it really is an honor to walk this path with you each week so thank you for your time so this week i have continued upon the path of looking at various ways that um this obscene term plant-based gets thrown around now and it's become in my opinion the new greenwashing and it's become it's become a term that is so easily misunderstood and so easily incorporated into any any marketing these days that we've associated the term with oh it's healthy and it's good for the environment which is absolute which is absolute there's absolute no guarantee to that and just be just because something says plant based does not mean that it is in fact, good for you or the environment. But I will get into that. So the quote that I'm pondering this week is by uh, James Nestor. And um, I highly, highly, highly recommend reading his book, uh, Breathe. I think that the subtitle is The Lost Art and Science of Breathing. I've mentioned this before. I'm going to mention it again. I was very skeptical in... When I, when I first heard about Wim Hof and I first heard about James's book, I was skeptical. I was like, you know, you know, no breathing, no, that's bullshit. Like, you've just got to eat well. You've just got to eat good food. You've got to eat a meat-based diet. And your breathing is a result of bad eating habits, bad sleeping habits, um, not exercising. But as I read the book, I my my view changed and it it started to make sense to me the not only the not only the mechanics behind breathing specifically the importance of nasal breathing which you should go and read about but the ancient wisdom and the ancient science behind it and how cultures that have been on the planet for far longer than a lot of countries have even existed in this modern world have known about this and they've written about it and they've explored the 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 art of breathing and the importance that it plays in regulating things like hrv and your mind-body connection so those that have followed my work for a long time know that i firmly believe that there are three there are three pillars to health and well-being and healing yourself. So meet movement, mindfulness. And for me, breathing fits perfectly in the movement camp. It is a form of movement. So it, it, it is a conscious choice that you can make or it's an unconscious thing that happens to you through everyday activities. Because you go on breathing you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're alive, you, your body is unconsciously breathing and your respiratory system, it's a bit early in the morning to say that, um, is at work and it is alive and well and it's, it's happening regardless. 
And I want to take a minute to say that if you ever if you ever feeling stressed or overwhelmed, you, you're going to feel it in your breath. It's going to be a physical sensation. And when you're not, you don't think about that because you're not conscious of your breath. So taking the time to be grateful for your breath and your heartbeat and 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 literally if you ever get a chance like you can do it with me now but take your hand put it on your heart and feel your heartbeat and be insanely insatiably grateful for this beating heart that got you into the world that beats even when you sleep it beats over a hundred thousand times a day and you don't even have to think about it so if you ever if you ever if you ever find yourself struggling when you're journaling for something to be grateful for start with your body start with that heart start with i'm i'm feeling pretty emotional just thinking about it but literally starting with your body and the thing that got you into the world is a great place to start because we often look to the external for things to be grateful for but going internal is one of the most direct approaches you can have so the quote that i'm pondering from james nestor has not very much to do with breathing although there is a a sliver of breath in here but here we go Modern medicine, they said, was amazingly efficient at cutting out and stitching up parts of the body in emergencies, but sadly deficient at treating milder, chronic systemic maladies, the asthmas, headaches, stress, the autoimmune issues that most of the modern population contends with. I love this quote because it's so true because 99 0.9% of the problems, in my opinion, I'm not an expert, I'm not a doctor, I'm not, an ex- I'm not a nutritionist, and I don't pretend to be one. That's why this is called the weekly brew, not the nutrition brew or some shit like that. That 99.9% of the problems are lifestyle related, meaning that the asthmas, the headaches, the autoimmune issues, the chronic anxieties, the diabetes, these things can be treated through simple interventions that involve eating a low-carb, preferably meat-based diet where you are cutting out majority of carbohydrates for a period of time. Um, I'm not speaking about athletes in this context or people that perform sports at a high level. Moving well, moving deliberately, breathing well, cold plunging, I went for a cold plunge with my good friend Tyron Hatch, who owns Motley Crew CrossFit here in Cape Town. He's a good, he's been a good mentor to me, a good friend, and we went cold plunging in the in the cold um, Cape Town Ocean yesterday. And it, it it is amazing what that can do for you, and it's amazing the uh, at the level of response your body has to exposing your mammalian skin to that level of coldness and if and i don't think people realize how cold the water can get in cape town but it gets really really cold (laughs) so moving well and then finally being mindful 
you know, so these things contribute to your health and well-being in a way that modern medicine cannot because because the narrative of modern medicine is that you have to take a drug or you have to um, take some sort of crazy surgical intervention to get to get well and while this quote exactly says that it, it's modern medicine is efficient at certain interventions like when you are in an accident and your half your body is ripped to shreds and you need to put it back together that's that is undoubtedly something that modern medicine has become very good at treating because any other any other animal in that case would be left to dead basically you know you can't do anything but these milder things that these systemic maladies these things that happen at a very low chronic level are the things that when treated make you a better human they make you more they make you easier to be around. They make you a more pleasant person. So that is something worth fighting for because I think, I believe that a lot of people don't intend to lash out the way they do or don't intend to to go out into the world and be harmful in any way. I think there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of physical pain there. And that can come through various forms. And a lot of it, it's a lot of it is rooted in trauma, early, early childhood trauma or things that have happened to you but eating crappy and not moving well doesn't help either. So I'm, not, I'm saying that that's not the be all and end all, but I'm saying that that's a good place to start. <laughs> Eat well, move well, and be mindful. And a tweet that sort of, if, if, when you carry on listening to this, it, it makes sense in the, in the larger context of the story, but a tweet that uh, I definitely enjoyed reading from Dr. Philip Ovadia um, at iFixHearts on Instagram, I mean on Twitter. The pharmaceutical industry has a large impact on the type of research that gets done and the research that gets published. You can say you need to rely on the data, but you also have to realize where the data is coming from. This, for me, cannot be overstated enough. It, it truly cannot because the pharmaceutical industry literally will devise studies to confirm their drug that has come out. Do you think they are going to publish? Do you think they're going to willingly fund? Or first of all, where do you think all the fund comes? Where do you think all the funding comes from for research at university at a university level? It's from the Bill Gates. It's from the huge pharma. It's from big food. So there's one. Two, do you think they are going to fund studies like a low-carb meat-based diet and how that can completely get you off of any meds? Absolutely not. That is, that is, like, that is like giving power to your competitor by funding their products and not getting profit from it. It is absolutely, totally misaligned. So with that view in place it is helpful to think about the fact that these companies will not will, 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 will ask for things like research, but who's publishing the research? They, they certainly not. So the only thing that's being published is their little drug and how it 
changes one little biomarker. So an example would be cholesterol-lowering medication, um, otherwise known as statins. That changes your cholesterol level, so aka one marker, which is not the whole be-all and end-all of health. And the side effects are things like lethargy, um, low testosterone, all of these other things that get affected, but oh, cool, your cholesterol is being lowered, so this drug must be doing something. So let's give it to half the population that have slightly elevated cholesterol levels. And hey, maybe that elevated cholesterol level is there for a reason. Maybe your body is using it to fight something. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. But I certainly believe that cholesterol is vital for human health. It transports things like vitamin D in the skin. It is essential for the production of certain hormones. So lowering it, it makes sense that it's going to do some damage in the process. But again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. Um, I've just been, I've just had very, very high levels of cholesterol my majority of my journey on fat loss. And in fact, here's something for you. The... When I was at my fattest, which is like 2013 or something, for some reason I got my cholesterol tested that year. It was the it was the lowest it ever was. And when I got to my skinniest and my fittest, my cholesterol was the highest. So go figure. And um, yeah, so maybe I should go back to that according to traditional, um, the traditional narrative in the space at the moment. And finally to the meat of the brew, this week, um, again, I, I briefly touched on it, but basically, I this is not new, but it's worth repeating. But plant based is the new greenwashing, and and I've got a couple of examples over here, and and I follow this great um, Instagram handle called Global Food Justice, and they've got this uh, graphic of a real burger versus a fake burger. And let me just read for you the ingredient difference. So a real burger contains beef. Cool. A fake burger, just hang on, contains water, pea protein, expeller pressed canola oil, refined coconut oil, rice protein, natural flavors, dried yeast, cacao butter, methyl cellulose, and less than 1% of potato starch, salt, potassium, chloride, beet juice, color, apple extract, pomegranate, Concentrate sunflower lecithin, lecithin, I can never say that, lecithin, vinegar, lemon juice concentrate, vitamins and minerals, zinc sulfate, the, I don't know, pyr- pyridoxine hydrochloride, cyanoglobin, cyan, I'm not even going to pronounce that, calcium pantothenate. So there we go. That's what's in your fake burger cool um yeah there's there's nothing sustainable or organic about that because i can guarantee you most of those most of those ingredients come from monocropping and come from farms that absolutely rape the earth of whatever they are doing so that that is there's nothing normal or right about that <laughs> and they're going to say in the description here global food justice that plant-based proteins are not nutritionally equivalent to animal source proteins. And in many cases, 
they are twice as expensive as their real food counterparts. They're also not a no-harm option, so the result of chemical monocropping agriculture which destroys the ecosystems. So there's nothing organic or pure or no-harm about these things. And true shit, there isn't, because when you're putting harmful additives like seed oils and garbage fillers that need to make these fake burgers real, um, you need to question, you also need to question the people that are punting them, like Bill Gates and the the incentives that he has behind a lot of these things. So I've got another list here and I'm not going to read all these ingredients because it's just ridiculous. But exhibit B, I've got an egg, a fake egg and a fake burger here. The fake egg is from uh, Just Egg which is a company in the States, I would imagine. This is what's in a fake egg. Uh, water, mung bean protein isolate, expeller pressed canola oil again. Um, Gelengum, uh, tetrasodium, tapioca syrup, pyrophosphate. This is my best one. I don't even know what this is. Transglutaminase. What is that? If you cannot pronounce an ingredient chances are you should not be eating it. If you see an ingredient, if you pick up a product and you can't pronounce an ingredient, there's a good chance that you should just not be eating it. There's there's a good, a good proxy for whether you should be eating what you are about to eat or not. And the irony is, is, that, is that this just egg contains everything but egg and this, whatever this transglutaminase is, it's, it's fucked up. And for those that have been with me for a while, um, in a previous weekly brew, it, it was a couple of months ago. I wrote about um, I was in I was in South Africa over the summer here. Um, I, I mainly split my time between Amsterdam and South Africa at the moment. So I was in it was it was a summer South Africa. I was here. It was last year. And I believe that this greenwashing has infiltrated places like Woolworths, South Africa, who which is a very a very well-known um, grocery store here. They sell, let's just say, upper, upper middle to upper class products that are that are advertised to be, you know, above above the traditional standard. Um, and it's a very uh, what we like to say posh, very fancy place to go shop. And their dairy products are the biggest bake, in my opinion. Their dairy products are. I, first of all, their organic dairy contains stabilizers, uh, specifically plant-based stabilizers. And I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think you can call a dairy product organic if it contains a stabilizer. I, I just do not think you can do that. That does not warrant that. Okay, so there's one. Two is that they, they've got these plant-based stabilizers in their dairy products i would love to know what exactly these plant-based stabilizers are so i actually posted about it and i asked them and i said that basically every chemical in modern medicine is derived in some way shape or form from a plant so literally just saying plant-based stabilizers does not warrant your products to be called organic either so there's nothing organic about a plant-based stabilizer you can't just use the word plant-based and assume 
that that is okay and that you are nutritionally um, yielding the card that these yogurt products can just be now they're okay to they they are okay to, to consume that, that to me is just really not okay the most organic form of yogurt is full cream milk left to its own with cultures in that gets fermented into actual yogurt sure it doesn't look as creamy and it doesn't look as perfect when you open the lid but that is organic that's how yogurt is made that's the most normal way to make yogurt and the shelf life is not as great either but that's the trade-off that is the trade-off is that most of the food that is good for you has a very short shelf life meat does not last very long Um, dairy products don't last very long whereas packaged products that have preservatives in them last for years on end and and that you can imagine how unnatural that is for your body your body doesn't know how to process what you have just given it so Woolworths back then responded and they said that um, their plant-based stabilizers originate from materials of plant's origin yes I know this that that is what I'm saying so they, they clearly missed that point but apparently they are in the process of reviewing their yogurt making um, process to establish whether the, the removal of stabilizers are feasible I'm gonna take a punt at this and say that it is feasible because lots of people are doing it um, I don't see why Woolworths can't offer the um, the option of having a stabilizer free yogurt range um i really don't and they go on to say that the organic yogurt ingredients are audited by an independent certifying body okay cool so somebody independent auditing your products that doesn't mean shit it really doesn't mean shit because again going back to the pharmaceutical industry quote in the very beginning people big companies will get auditors to audit things in favor of what they are producing you I highly doubt you're going to get auditors in that are against your production process. That doesn't make any sense. And I don't want to throw Woolies under the bus here because I still buy from them and I genuinely love the food, especially the quality of meat. Um, But I just do not think that you can just use the term plant-based liberally and just assume that that's okay, and especially in the organic yogurt that they produce. I just don't think that's okay. Because you know what's really healthy is meat. Just plain old meat cooked well and eaten with the people you love. There's nothing special about it. It's mainly just one ingredient and it heals your mind and your body. And there's no money in me telling you that, right? So there's literally no money or profit or product that's made for me telling that, right? So this brings me to one last thing before I end today's brew is that which I intend to explore further because there's definitely... It's definitely, it's definitely a conversation that I want to have. And the greenwashing has even infiltrated, in my opinion, the carnivore realm with influencers like Paul Saladino and Carnivore Aurelius who have financial incentives to sell you organs and get you onto the idea that organs are good for you. So the minute somebody has a financial incentive, their judgment will be paired. I don't care what you say. Again, these people are not going to turn around now with their production line and the investors that they have and the amount of money coming through with organ supplements and say, oh, hang on, yeah, we just noticed that there is actually some studies to say there's an upper limit to the amount of organs you eat. 
and um, maybe we should just uh, like taper down on our production. No, there's a financial incentive for them to get this product out. And again, I'm not bashing what they do because they're still promoting health and fitness, but they are still doing it in a very, in a very um, close-minded way just by assuming that everyone's going to be okay eating organs and fruits and things like that. So again, I'll explore this further. It's a topic for another day. Um, I think we are all on this unique journey ourselves. There's no one-size-fits-all approach. What works for you works for you. You need to trust your body's wisdom at the end of the day. And that's about it for today. That was a little bit of a rhyme at the end there. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you did enjoy this, uh, I appreciate you supporting me and I hope you have a lovely week ahead. Until the next one, cheers for now.